Good evening, Ram. Good evening, Matt. How how are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Graham, I think this is the first episode we've recorded in quite some time that was A, recorded before the date it was supposed (laughs) to come out. Uh, I don't know what the B would be, because the A is actually what I meant to say, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm very proud of us. We're way, way yeah. ahead. No, we're doing good. Uh, and I think uh, part of the reason we're doing it early is because we're really excited to talk about this game. Um, yeah, it's good to talk and, about a game like this when it's fresh, too. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is a game that reminds me I don't want to live in the past. <laughs> you know what I mean, Graham? Yeah, there's a lot of things like sicknesses and sea monsters yeah sicknesses and sea monsters <laughs> that's a great name for the episode yeah wow i'm, I'm writing that down bang it right out of the gate <laughs> all right let's hit the theme song well hello everyone and welcome to the velvet review i'm matthew and i'm graham and tonight we're going to be talking about um, an indie title called uh, Return of the Oberdin. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is my first experience with the game. Graham, you've, you've played it before, correct? Yeah, I played it. I played it about a year ago. I played it all the way to the end, but I only solved like 20 of the, the possible 60 fates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I like beat it. And right. you don't get to see like the the full ending if you do that right but um yeah so i but i didn't remember much of it like i remembered bits and pieces of it but i didn't remember Mm -hmm. it all but yeah um yeah what did you what did you think of the game um well before we get into that i'm gonna like i normally do give a disclaimer for games i really like if uh if you like narrative-based games or like investigative-based games like uh, like Firewatch or Gone Home, this is a little bit different to those ones, but I would recommend you pick this game up. It's uh, $27, I think, regularly, uh, Canadian, of course. Um, and it's about an eight-hour experience if you like do everything Yeah. Uh, there is to do. Um, I highly, highly recommend this game. It's um, uh, It's got the same kind of thing as like outer wilds in the sense that the game yes. is a lot about discovery yes. so us talking about it like we'll sp- you won't get the same experience right yeah so for sure speaking about a wild game i have a quick funny story if i can side note i'll oh, go for it um so i was meeting some i started a new job recently and i was meeting meeting some of my team okay and like you know it was like an icebreaker of like oh tell a fun fact and so i i said oh i i host a podcast where we talk about video games and then one of my uh like teammates struck up a conversation. I said, "Oh, we're playing Oberdin," mm-hmm. and then later he he sent me a message like, "Hey, if you liked Oberdin, you should definitely play Outer Wilds," <laughs> which was pretty cool because then we got talking about Outer Wilds for a little bit. So, oh, it's good. Anyways, yeah. Um, so I, as I mentioned, loved uh, Return of the Oberdin um, for a, for a couple of reasons. Um, I will say this. Like, I don't think it has, like, an amazing narrative or anything like that. It's it's not a very complex story. No. And it's not really about the story. It's a, it's, it's, to me, the game is about, like, the joy of discovering a mystery or, or solving a mystery. Yeah. Um, and the game 
uh, is very visually unique as well. Um, its design and art uh, compares to only Papers, Please, in my opinion, which is because they are made by the same person. Um, it's got this really interesting one-bit um, color scheme. So it's like black and white, but only black and only white. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I watched part of a talk a while back about how he did it. And it took a lot of trial and error so that it wouldn't be really harsh to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah, And, and it could have very well gone very badly. Yeah. Um, but uh, it works very well. And it, it that's it's part of the reason that it attracted me to the game. Like I I'd heard of it, seen it on the store. You know, but um, I watched a, a design doc video where he mentioned the UI in it, and just seeing it, it it's so visually unique. It's kind of like, wow, I really want to tr- like try that out because it's it's like it's unlike anything I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. Uh, what were your thoughts, Graham? Yeah, I I liked it. I liked it even more the second time around. Um, I found it really fun. Like it's the joy of discovery right of piecing together things of mm-hmm. like i i came into it knowing a lot of the major story beats like the, the crack and attacks and stuff like that so i was fairly like attentive as i was going through it mm-hmm. uh like trying to pay attention to people's like outfits and who they refer to and where people are in relation to other people and it's right. it's interesting because the game doesn't tell you any of that stuff particularly it it might mention something about it like pay attention to this kinds of stuff but it really draws on i don't know our human ability to notice patterns Um, yeah like oh these people are all wearing similar outfits they probably have similar occupations or they're standing like the stewards stand close to the um the the mate yeah the like the captain yeah. and the mates it's and like the the seamen all kind of hang out and play cards together so or like or like because there's there one thing I I found was very useful is like oh, identifying okay um which which crewmates are different nationalities and like what mm-hmm. what would their dress look like or what would their garb look like or what would their uh, roles be um. And it's sometimes hard to tell uh, because it's just uh, black and white. Like, um, yeah, the art what style. Race char- yeah, what race the character might be. So it's like you, you kind of get it. Um, you might you might think it might be more, like one race, but it, it, it could be hard to tell. So like using the the clothing to interpret that or uh, language as well. If the characters, if you're lucky enough to hear the characters <laughs> speak uh, during a memory. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, if you don't know how the game works. Um, you are an insurance agent that is uh, investigating uh, a ship called the Oberdin, which has returned uh, from sea, being lost at sea for five or six years, or, uh, and none of the crew are on the ship. It's just adrift. Mm-hmm. And you have this magical clock or, or pocket watch that will show you the last moments of somebody's death. And so you find some bodies on the ship and begin determining... Uh, are seeing their last moments and your task is to determine what happened to all of the 60 crewmates uh, by viewing the last moments of several people's lives um, yeah so it's pretty it's a pretty grim concept but <laughs> it 
it, it works in a, a very, um, I don't know, uh, exciting way um, or interesting way. Uh, there is a, um, like a ton of, uh, like memories within memories. So like uh, the game separates itself well enough where it's not like you just have 60 fates you have to figure out. It separates um, the story into chapters where in a chapter there might be five fates that you can figure out or five deaths that you have access to. <laughs> and uh, it that, that helped me a lot to kind of keep track of everything and everybody of like, okay, who are the main characters in this particular chapter? And can I solve what happened? You know, can I figure out how they died? And then can I figure out how they or who they were? Yeah, um, you can like and... compartmentalize a bit. Yeah, break it down uh, and, and make it more manageable. Because I think if they just said, hey, figure out these 60 people, it'd be very uh, overwhelming <laughs> to start. Um, and, uh, I mean, the game the game takes you through all the memories, um, just naturally. Um, and that one takes about four or five hours. And I, for me, Graham, when I first played, I think I had less than 30 fates solved by the time I had experienced everything. And uh, I do have, I would say, two negatives about the game, and this would be one of them, is that in that moment when I, okay, I had seen everything I needed to see, I really felt lost. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know really what to do next. I feel like I need more information. Um, and I didn't particularly feel like returning to all the memories again. Um, so my recommendation would be if you have the time, play it all in one sitting to where the point where you see the memories and then take a break. Because I think that would be a good buffer of like, okay, let's start with, uh, you know, chapter one or, or whatever it might be. So Okay. Um, um, I took a yeah. bit of a different tack of, I, like, and this probably helps a bit because I had played through it once before. But, like, I was fairly meticulous in each, like, memory of, like, oh, looking around the scene, seeing for, like, personal items, or, like, I noticed the numbers on the bunks at one point, and yeah. I'm like, wow, that, that like, slowly, like, knocked off, like, six crewmen, because I noticed the numbers. Um, and I, I, I would kind of, like, try to pour over the scenes a bit more. And then when I noticed, like, I'd do, like, one or two chapters, and then when I noticed my focus was slipping, I'd take a break, and I would I would mm -hmm. put it away. Um, mm -hmm. And I felt that that helped me, because it, uh, it helped me to, like, be fully invested in each scene. And by the end, I think we had the same, about the same amount at the end of, like, mm -hmm. um, it took me four hours or whatever, and I had... Uh, about 30 fates solved so that's still 30 more fates to solve yeah so um and and i mean by like simple mathematics it's like each each time you get a batch of fates uh confirmed it gets easier right because then the pool of characters uh to guess with or or manipulate yeah you know, decreases the game has a brilliant function where oh yeah um it will tell you when you get something right but only in batches of threes. So you have to get the name and the cause of death right proper for three characters. Once you do that, boom, the game says, hey, three fates, correct. Yeah. And boom, boom, boom. And then it's logged in your book. You can't change it. Um, and that's very helpful because it, 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 it stops you from just 
completely guessing, but also allows you to guess a little bit. Yeah. Because, um, like, you can take, like, two characters where you're very certain, oh, I know exactly how they died. Like this and like this. And then you can take a third character and say, I think I know how they died, or I think I know who they are, and then run through um, iterations of that to try and, uh, you know, get that, that third uh, confirmation. Yeah. And it even tells you, like, indirectly, it tells you if you're wrong. Uh, because if, like you yes. said, oh, it's this person killed by this person, and it didn't get marked right, you know that you've gone wrong somewhere. Yes, if you were really solid on one, and then, you know, you, you get a, a, a batch of three, and you go, oh, the one I was really solid on wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. It, it's a very useful tool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the the I did have one issue with that, is that near the end, because um, you can only solve 58 of the fates on the ship there's two you can solve in the epilogue um is that when you get to i guess it would be 54 fates solved or f- it goes yeah it, goes it confirms two. it confirms in twos and the game didn't indicate that to me which it was a little jarring and a little confusing uh hmm. but i guess it had to work in that way but uh yeah well i guess for rounding and also like it makes it a little easier it makes the end game a little faster because because there were definitely a couple at the end i'm like these could like um i'm not sure if he was torn to death or if he drowned or if he fell overboard or yes uh, i like i didn't know what verb to use um and i actually looked it up some of them have like you can do multiples yeah um they could be drowned or like it like multiple ones will work for the same thing right um but uh yeah which actually confused me in a point because there's there's a section in the doom where like eight people get thrown overboard Mm -hmm. and like i was i was confirming people as being drowned by a beast yeah and then i thought i i thought i knew who a character was and i would try to input the name the 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 cause of death as being the same but it wouldn't work and so i'm like okay is that not how they died then did they die a different way Mm. and i would try iterations of that um, but I, in the end, I just had the name wrong, uh, which was frustrating to realize. But <laughs> yeah, like man, there were there were a couple of characters that I didn't have the name right until like the very final moments. Yeah, like the the gunner's mate for some reason eluded me. Okay, um, yeah, like the guy with the kind of cool cat cap, um, that uh, stabbed the guy. That's very right. narrow. Stabbed the midshipman. <laughs> Um. So. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the escape, right? Yeah, in the escape. Right. Yeah. So um. Yeah, there was little frustrating elements here and there, but it was kind of offset a bit by how, like, smart you feel <laughs> when you get something right, <laughs> and you're like, oh, he did, he really didn't get like. When I re- um like, there's the guy who gets. You think he's spiked. got spiked, but he actually got yeah. shot by yeah. the one guy, and it's like, whoa. Um, that that was, I think, the last one I had to do. But um, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of like clever, or like you feel clever when you realize them. Yeah. Um, and the game, so the game kind of it rewards to a certain extent brute forcing, but it also rewards you being observant and like putting putting two and two together 
yeah making connections between memories for sure because mm-hmm. because there are times where like like there's one memory where you know there's an indication of like hey you uh like you killed my brother yeah right and then oh yeah you, yeah you later connect the death of what they're talking about because you see the you kill my brother first and then you see the brother die and you make the connection okay so that person's related to this person and is talking to this person and that person is working in this location so therefore they must have some sort of job associated with that right mm-hmm. um so that was very uh a, a neat way too because the game the game doesn't doesn't make it easy and and like you can't really determine people's identity just by memories it ha- there's some that have to be guesswork in my opinion yeah you have to make um, some assumptions yes uh but the game gives you like an indicator of like uh, a it'll tell you when you should be able to figure out who somebody is and then b it'll say how difficult it will be to determine someone's identity uh and there's like a rating of like one is pretty easy to determine two is medium difficulty to determine and three is very hard most of most of the characters are three yeah but um yeah um i'm not sure if they get like if the number changes as it goes along i don't know if it does i i don't think so uh, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, again, the game also does a nice thing where it starts uh, the story at the end mm-hmm. with the fewest number of characters uh, to, you know, because of the last people all left alive on the ship, um, and then it kind of works its way towards larger, larger scenes. Um, and actually, I found like the larger scenes to be very helpful because, uh, like, the, the the game will tell you like, oh these many people were, were present at the time of mm-hmm. you know, this event and then you can determine okay if this many people are present who's not present and what would that tell me or what does that entail um where else could they have been at this time or you know maybe they're not here because they're dead or whatever depending on the time of when the event's taking place yeah like and and sometimes it's like oh if these like there's these many people here and they mentioned this name, but that person, like, like, uh, the like, a person says something, and it means that it has to be that person because they're the only person in the scene. Right. Like, little little things like that are are really helpful. Yeah. Um. And there's, yeah, and there's sometimes there's like little things hidden in the the scenes. So like, the main action's focusing on one part, but there's actually like a another thing that's happening on the on like the upper deck or something like with the escape yeah yeah how there's kind of two stories going on at once yeah and you need to you need to determine you know both sets of events absolutely and again the first the first um the first chapter that you get to experience uh i think it's the end is what it's called Mm -hmm. has a great example of this and you as the player learn oh uh, like you, because you can see the uh, the guy. I don't know the last guy that aside from the captain, the topman. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like jump down from behind, uh, the captain's quarters. Yeah. To try and attack the captain, um, and like you can you can see him in all the memories and see him progress, but uh, like I saw him on like the second memory and I felt like oh, look, I had to go out 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 and around to to find him. Like that's that's pretty cool. I feel like. I'm I'm being a little sleuth right mm. now, <laughs> um, and so again the game's setting up this this concept of 
uh, you know, there's more than just the immediate action uh, at play here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, walk around and explore. So, hmm. um, I think something that really needs to be commended for is the sound design. Oh, there, Graham, it's my favorite part of the game. There, like I know you were you were saying that you were really enjoying the soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is so good. It is so good. Each track is just, mm. it's it's a perfect mix of like piratey and also detectivey. And like the way in which the music flows with the scene, um, I think it's just great. And like, I've been listening to the soundtrack on repeat while I work pretty much. Like I'll throw it on at least once a day. Oh, really? Just listen to it. Cause like, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it's an enjoyable little tune. There's happy tunes. There's scary tunes. There's like inquisitive tunes. I really like it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just the way they, they play into the scene. I think is very important as well. Um, so, uh, yeah. And also like, in addition, I didn't mean to cut you off with the sound design, but like the, the voice acting and the sound effects are, are very quite good as well. And there's some brutal sound effects that there are. <laughs> like, do you want to hear someone being torn apart? Cause you'll get it you multiple times. Play, play the Oberdin. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think what I had the revelation about at the end of the game was just how incredible it was that one person could develop such an amazing soundtrack, an amazing game, uh, an interesting uh, gameplay mechanic, like all these things um, that like, it's like, okay, I can expect somebody to be really good at making music and I can expect somebody to be really good at writing a story. And I expect somebody to be really good at art design, but I don't really expect somebody to be amazing at all of those elements combined. Yeah, multifaceted. You know, and that's what that's what this guy is. Uh, I think his name's Lucas Pope, mm-hmm. and uh, he he also developed Papers Please, which I have not played in full. I've played just a little bit of, but I know has been wet, very well received uh, by pretty much anybody I I know who's played it. Um, and it's interesting because he actually worked at. Oh, darn. I got knocked out of Fall Guys. Um, he worked at uh, Naughty Dog for a couple of years during uh, Uncharted 1 and 2. Hmm. Um, which is kind of interesting to see like how working on like AAA titles uh, influenced his uh, um, his indie development as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I wish I could remember the quote. I could probably look it up, but like... Um, I think he, he mentioned about like how Naughty Dog he learned about the importance of like making uh, the gameplay uh, like literal like core. Um, it's like the most important thing, um, which seems obvious, but like I think it, gameplay can kind of get lost sometimes behind. I feel like I'm misquoting it, but um, like I, I know. I, sorry, go I ahead. can see where you're coming from, of like like the game like the art style is incredible in this game but it's it's really the the gameplay is the it's the driving force Mm -hmm. like every everything contributes to the feeling it's trying to pull off of being a detective of of uncovering a long forgotten mystery it's it's um it's really quite impressive it's it's a very uh unique game there's not many games mm-hmm. out there like it. Like even no, um, exactly. 
even though they're like detective games, it's it's just uh, it's very different. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because like uh, I think you mentioned to me, uh, or maybe this was in the design doc, but like I think he had, had mentioned once that he had talked about um, making the final moments of a character like animated, and you could reverse time and speed up time and like rewatch it. Mm-hmm. And I and I think the game is much better off for not having that feature. No, it's because the I, tableau style. Yeah, I feel as though like that had almost has been like done before like numerous times and like that's very like like you almost expect that to happen, but it doesn't happen. And I think the the stillness of the moment really lends itself well to taking it all in mm. and like re- really allowing the player to to experience and scan what's happened. Um, and I feel like if, if, uh, if you had the ability to, to alter time, your focus would be on altering the time and, 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 you know, looking at one item, altering the time, rewinding, looking at another one. It would re- it really slow things down. Yeah. I think it's like, um, do you, we played, did we play gone home? Have you played gone home? I have played gone okay. home. Yes. Um, so like they the developers came out with a game called Tacoma um which okay. which is like it's in a similar kind of vein of like you walk around and you pick up items and look at them but there's also scenes like um almost similar to this of you can go into memories of or like recordings essentially of the crew members having conversations and and walking around and stuff and so you can kind of piece together what's happening and it's got this kind of two-pronged approach of you go around and look at things and you mm-hmm. also look at memories. Um, and it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, Oberdin is more akin to the, like, the gone home idea of, like, everything's still. But, and, and so you take your time and you look at it and you examine it closely versus... Um, Versus like experiencing it as a more passive observer. Right. I, I guess like in a sense, because it's still, you have to take an active interest in it. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Because like if something's moving, you can, you can more passively receive it. Right. But uh, it, it takes, you have to be active in order to observe a still object. Well, like, take the example you used earlier where you thought the guy had been spiked, but really he had been shot. Yeah. Had you been able to, you know, rewind and, and fast forward time, you would have deduced that very quickly. Yeah, it would have been very but straightforward. Without without that, you you would have to be very intentional to notice it because of the positioning of where you are witnessing the memory and, and where the other ca- the character that shot the gun was. Like, it's a hard thing to deduce. It's it's probably the hardest one in the game, I would argue, of, like, the answer's right there, but it's hard. it's hard to see. Yeah, you kind of have to, you kind of have to interpret the the cues that you have around you of like, there's a gunshot right before he dies, and right. like he makes a grunt, and he's and you can even see like, in the previous scenes, right, like in the like, the older memories, you can see mm-hmm. him. He actually crawls all the way from the main area to that side area. Right. Um, and then dies. Right. Um, and so, like, 
you could think, oh, he died from blood loss or whatever, but because that's what I originally thought. But um, right, yeah. Once I kind of you look back, I think I had to look a little bit online for that one. But uh, yeah, once you see it, it's like, oh, that makes sense. And yeah. it's it's even like in that scene, there's a shot. Like if you look in one of the other windows, you can see the gunner and the gunner's mate, um, like handing out guns. Yeah, and. I hadn't caught that before. And if I had seen that, I could have interpreted that the one person was the gunner's mate. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's one of these wild things. It's, it's weird, too, because, like, it's not going to be easy to replay this game, if at all. Yeah, which is fine. I don't I don't know that it lends itself well to a replay. Uh, and I think that's obviously a bit by design. Yeah. Um, and I actually, that's probably one of the things I appreciate about the most is that like, it's a, Hey, this is it. No. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, I, I, I got what I was intended to get out of it. Um, so, I mean, I would love, I would love a follow-up. I would love a game that's similar to this. Um, Gilbert and Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say, it, uh, ooh, okay um <laughs> the other negative item that i i would say is that the the story is just really there it's not all that interesting um and like so there's there's like 10 chapters in the game you have to you have to solve and but one of them you're told at the very beginning of the game you can't solve it so don't try or you're not going to be able to solve it until the end of the game mm-hmm. And and so to me that's that was like oh that's gonna be like the twist chapter where yeah. I learn some new information and it something's explained to me uh, that I didn't know before that's gonna blow my mind or something like that so that was the ex- expectation I have and uh, what ends up happening is just like you just you get to witness the captain uh, killing some doing something that 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 sends the Kraken away and I and I I guess. I, I guess that's a little bit twisty because the game kind of implies that the captain's kind of a not a great captain. It's or, or you 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 could probably make that assumption based on the comments of the other crew. Yeah, it's it's I, I agree. I was I felt a little bit unfulfilling because I was like, oh man, I want like it's it's the bargain is the name of the chapter. What is he right. going to offer? What is he right. like? Is this he like a monkey's paw? Like, well, I mean, it was a monkey's paw, but um, of like you make a a deal, but it's a cursed deal, or and why do people start dying, and or why have there been so many accidents? Like, if it's something like that, but then it it kind of just doesn't go anywhere, and I was I was confused. I was actually going to look up a video on like the story, but I, I never did. Uh, I mean, yeah, like the story, it, it essentially, and you would, I don't think you'd be able to really, did, I guess you probably could deduce this. Okay, so the story is, uh, there's this uh, foreign delegation from like China mm-hmm. that the Oberdin is, is, is giving passage. And they uh, maintain, they have this like really expensive chest with riches and stuff. And one of these one of the items in the chest is like a supernatural object, uh, like a conch shell or whatever. So 
like I think it's like the second mate and a bunch of crew members uh, conspire to steal to kidnap uh, the delegation and steal their treasure. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you witness them kind of all die. That's kind of like in the middle of it. And then the they get attacked by mermaids. Yeah. And then the uh, there's kind of the a second Raiders of the Lost Ark moment of. He opens a thing and there's big beams of light and right. Yeah. Oh, actually one little side note is that, you know how off the bow, like the one port side of the ship or whatever, you can see there's like something sparkling in the distance. Yes. Yeah. And like that. Oh, that's gotta be the conch shells. Yeah. That's, that's the last mermaid seeing the Oberdin back to, uh, back to England or whatever. It oh, was. really? Yeah, because that was part of the bargain. Is that the that they they guided she guides it back to oh England I didn't safely. but of course I didn't catch that yeah since there's nobody on the ship anymore she, it's not like she can steer the ship so she's got to wait for it to float back <laughs> mm-hmm. uh yeah and so the mermaids come for the conch shell then they capture the mermaids and bring them on the ship and then these sea demons come to try and rescue the mermaids mm-hmm. and then the cr- and then they kill the sea demons. Then a kraken comes to try and rescue the mermaids. And that's when the captain uh, has a bargain. I put that in quotation marks with the mermaids, which is basically he, he more just said, call off the beast or I'm going to kill you. Or, or I did kill you. Um, and the, there's three mermaids. And the last one finally calls off the kraken. Mm-hmm. So like the revelation is that, oh, the captain saved save the crew that's that's the final uh revelation really um which is is not really like to me like oh man that's a mind-blowing twist that's like a oh okay i thought he was kind of a a dummy but he did he saved the crew and then that's that's it that's all that's the story (laughs) yeah um and so it lends itself i guess well to like uh, like it, it was intriguing and it, there was many times where it's like what the heck is happening on the ship like there's sea demons and mermaids and like yeah man like there's all this stuff happening it's so weird it's like are they cursed are they are they not cursed Who, whose fault is it uh you know is is it the captain's fault is it this or that um you know but at the end of the day uh it was really um it didn't like it didn't blow my mind at the end. It was just no. oh, that's that's what it is. What you saw was what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of unfortunate because I I did I was kind of anticipating the end, but um yeah, you know, is what it is. Yeah, and again, I think it comes down to like um it's interesting because it's a it's a like a walking sim that is not really so much about the narrative or about the characters. Right. It's like I, I'm not I don't think I was invested in any particular character. Right. Which is uh, to me a general theme of like why you would play a walking sim to get to know a character and, and get attached to a character. You know, I never really got that. It, the game was very much so about the player from the like you mentioned earlier, like the active role you take in witnessing uh, the scenes and then deducing and figuring out the. Uh, the the mystery and it felt very like orwell to me hmm. of like oh, i'm going to work today i got my coffee and my insurance uh book gonna figure out how some people got yeah squished by a kraken we even like 
in the end, after after you find out about the bargain, he just kind of puts the book away on the shelf. Yeah, yeah. Like, which I think just is kind of nonchalant. Kinda, yeah, which I think is kind of interesting because, like, uh, there's another book there. There was another book. Oh, what's in the What's in that book? But um, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want another more of the same, right? Um. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on, like, like, I don't want another, like, hey, there's another ghost ship. But, like, hey, the insurance agent needs to investigate this issue, and she's got the magical death watch again. I, I think yeah. I would be interested enough to play that again. Yeah. Of, like, he- here's another mysterious set of circumstances. Figure it out. Yeah, there's uh, other settings in that time period and stuff that could be interesting. Or- or in completely different time periods, right? Uh, like they could do like a it's a spaceship, Return of the USS Astral Oberdinius, Astral. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, I don't think that will ever happen. I don't think he's that type of developer. I think he said like even Oberdin was like kind of like grew as he developed it mm-hmm. beyond the initial scope. Yeah, I could um, I could see that. Which I think, which I think happens to a lot of creators, um, like like the the famous George R. R. Martin quote, the author of Game of Thrones, is that like the story kind of just grew in the telling, and that like when you set out to write a story, it can kind of run away from you sometimes. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't think that uh, we'll see another Oberdin type game, uh, at least not by Luke's Pope. Um, yeah. Yeah, which I know it's fine. It was, uh, yeah, not everything needs a sequel and not everything needs to be reiterated, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no. Hmm. Yeah. Any other comments, Graham? Um, I don't think so. I think I, it's a, it's a good game. Like it's just. It doesn't out it doesn't I wouldn't say it overstays its welcome. Like no. it's a good length. It's not too long. Um Yeah. I actually yeah. I actually found that the second half, like once once I completed the all the memories, it only took me like an hour and a half longer to figure out everything else. Which that's I was good. actually pretty impressed with myself. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I certainly felt like, so like the, the night I first played it, I, I was like really engaged and like, I played for like three hours straight and I was like, man, I don't really want to stop, but it's like almost midnight. I should probably stop. Uh, and then I, I picked it up, I think, uh, the, the next day. And then like, I had completely like two sets of memories and then I was done discovering new information. And at that point I did feel like, oh man, I just hit a wall here and I'm not feeling good about it. Um, but eventually, like once you, once I kind of got past that like halfway point, um, I felt a bit more confident. Like I, I, I kind of had to learn how to guess if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I need, I needed to kind of trial and error my deduction method because the easy things had been determined already. And uh, honestly, part of my problem was kind of like I had made an assumption, and like, oh, I know who that is, but. I had it wrong. Mm. And there were characters I thought I knew who they were, but had it wrong for like the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like I, I there was the, the two women that escaped. I had them flipped around for the longest time. Oh. I thought the older lady was 
one name and the younger lady was another name. And so like there's a, a murder that the older lady commits and then they both also escape and I couldn't get those those solved. So I'm like, oh man, am I mixing up where they ended up? You know, am I, did they end up in India or Africa or this or that? Yeah. So, like I, I had to challenge my own assumptions to get over that hump. Definitely. That's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. We had to challenge our assumptions. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I feel like that's probably a pretty common experience to have, have an incorrect assumption and then have to, have to fix it. Um, yeah. Like I had the same thing with uh, Brennan, the one guy who just seems to show up everywhere. Oh, yeah. um, I th- yeah. I had him as, I had his name wrong. Um, oh, okay. And so that's, like when you have that, it impacts everything else, right? Of, oh, yep. it was this person who was stabbed by this person, but it was actually a different name. And then it's, you kind of go down the list and. Yeah. Well, especially in like in the escape, that's when you learn who Brennan is, uh, or at least that's where I learned who Brennan was. And um, there's a sequence of events that I got wrong where I thought Brennan killed two people, but he actually only killed one person. Yeah. And. And it was actually like a case of like uh, the the person that Brennan killed killed the person previously, but killed his, that person for proper reasons or like because you know he was attacking somebody, and so I was like, oh man, that's that that is a different spin on my preconceived notion of what happened in this story, because mm-hmm. um, the two were kind of like conspiring together, but then the one guy went too far, and the other guy tried to stop him, and blew his head off, and then Brennan. Brennan, Brennan came in and saw and made a quick assumption as well and just took action. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a very neat little... Um, yeah, I, I really... I, I think this game would not have been as successful if it had not divvied up this story into the the chapters that it had. Because, again, it's... it's um, Each story is interesting and, and, and fun to kind of piece together. Mm-hmm. Some are more difficult than others. But each of them have something unique about them. And uh, again, as you solve each chapter, you feel that much more confident about um, completing the, the full task. So Yeah. 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 Uh, how would you rate the game, Graham? I don't think you can give anything but a Naoto for it. Ooh, okay. Because, I mean, it's a detective. That's <sighs> true, Graham. Oh, but you had a different one in mind, eh? Well, I, it's 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 borderline Nanako. Oh wow, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely gonna show up in the Velvetes for me. Um, yeah. I but but I I will say I will give it a, a Naruto as well because of I think it lacked a little bit in, uh, on the narrative side or, or of like the interesting plot line. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 a uh, it's Nanako when she grows up into a Naruto. <laughs> It's um, well, it sounds like it really, you've really enjoyed your time with it, and you're still enjoying it, like with all the soundtrack and stuff too. So, yeah, I I guess I'm also playing a lot of games right now where it's like I'm just playing them and playing them and playing them, like, uh, just because like oh I'm gotta get the trophies or I'm playing for the podcast or like it's a it's a long term experience, mm-hmm. and so I really appreciate I really appreciate it like oh I beat the game and platinumed it in eight hours. Like, I love it. That's great. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's sticking with me as well of like, hey, you know, it's like a, it's like you want to see a really good movie 
you're like, wow, I just want to talk about this movie. Yeah. But you know, you're but you're binging like 14 seasons of, you know, Grey's Anatomy at home or whatever, right? Definitely. So it's like it it feels nice to get something under your belt. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, so that was, uh, that's our review of uh, Return of the Oberdin. Uh, again, uh, play it. I don't think we really spoiled like any of the fates per se. Actually, I think we Not did very much. Decent, actually. Aside from yeah. like the final confrontation, like. Right. I think we did a, like there, there's a couple fates we spoiled, but like, the the fate of semen number fifty seven we didn't. Right. Right. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, pick it up. Uh, support Lucas Pope. Um. And. Yeah, so uh, next episode, we're going to be reviewing a game called The Messenger, mm-hmm. um, which uh, did it, this, that, was a, that was a request. I'm pretty right? certain that, that it was a Caleb, request. Right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that came from Caleb. Um, so we're playing through that right now, and then we've got a whole bunch of other games on the docket, uh, some that are from this decade, some that are not. Mm-hmm. But all that are from this millennia, so feel confident yeah. in that. Uh, I'm looking like... Oh, but yeah, this millennia makes sense. So we did we did yes. play Mario sixty four. Well, I meant upcoming, but yes, but also Mario sixty four is coming out this next year. Uh, no, it's coming out like in four days. Oh yeah, uh, as, oh, yeah, as yeah recording. That's right. It's it's no longer gonna be out next year. <laughs> yeah, which is so weird. Oh man, Graham, I'm I am playing. Uh, Jump Club Final Showdown and Fall Guys and it's me and another guy and we just won't fall. <sighs> I gotta get this. Will, will he fall uh, off? Tune in next time to find oh, out. Oh no! Uh oh. It's not looking good, Graham. Okay, wait. Wait. No, I, I, you gotta we gotta stick through this until I, I beat it. Okay. Well. So Mario. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Are you gonna pick up the collection? No. No. The only, I mean Oh, crud. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's it. Okay, uh, I'm still in it. Um, no, I I will not. Uh, I mean they they're just porting the games, and it's eighty dollars. Oh, and it's eighty dollars. I've already played sixty four. I've already played sixty four and Galaxy, which Galaxy is a great game, and I probably would play it again. It's a good game. I mean, I guess next year if we're gonna review Shun- Sunshine, I might borrow it. Oh, there I go. Dang it! No! Why did we keep talking? I should have focused. <laughs> um, oh, I'm so mad. Uh. I might pick it up just for Sunshine. Honestly, I'd rather just buy Sunshine. I don't really. Yeah. I don't know. Also, again, after like all my Joy-Con problems, I'm just like, I don't want to f- play games on my Switch anymore. Oh. So I don't know if I'm gonna get like. Can do most games work with a Pro controller? Yeah. I might just pick up a Pro controller because it's like, literally a third of the price compared to a set of Joy Cons. Yeah, and they're good too. Honestly, so, I use my Pro controller yeah. for the Switch all the time. So, I don't know. It it just really impact. It, it it's impacting how I play. Yeah. Any games that require precise input, so that tends to make me not want to play games on it. Fair. Yeah. So, anyways, um, that was a bit elongated of an ending. I apologize, but thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks. In the meantime, if you like the show, uh, please do let us know. We appreciate the feedback. Um, you can give us a review where your i uh, your iPods yeah Break where you your, your podcasts like iTunes uh, or uh, whatever podcast provider you have. I think Spotify has a review uh, function as well. 
And then uh, we also appreciate game suggestions. So please send them our way if you have any games uh, that you'd like us to play or that uh, you really enjoyed that are perhaps not in the mainstream mm -hmm. or, you know, well known of. Um, yeah, and we will definitely give them a, a look-see. So, uh, but until then, have a good evening. Yeah, good night.